As the body of Christ, we learn the following, that our life flows from Him, that we represent Him, that we are His hands and feet doing His will, and that we are in relationship with one another. In the concluding message of the series, Pictures of the Church, we discover nine guiding principles that govern our relationship with one another in the body. This morning, we're going to conclude our series on the pictures of the church. This is the fourth message in the series where we are looking at certain pictures uh, used in scripture uh, to describe the church and we are trying to learn lessons from those pictures and then we are praying and saying God help us to be like that. Help us to be that kind of a church. So pictures of the church. There are different pictures of the church in the New Testament. The church is the family of God. It's a pillar of truth. It's a temple of God. It's a house of prayer. It's called Zion, the assembly of God's people. It's the bride. It's the vine and the branches. It's the lampstand. It's the army of God. All these are different pictures of the church. And um, we are examining, we examined a few in detail. We talked about the church as the bride of Christ. God is a bridegroom. God, we are his bride. And so as his bride, there's a way that we must relate to. Uh, we must relate to the bridegroom God. We talked about the church as a house of prayer and worship. And so God is calling us to a place of prayer and worship. That we actually worship God continuously offering to him prayer and worship. Amen? And that's why we're kind of moving into these times of prayer deliberately. As God moves upon us, we want to respond to be the house of prayer and worship. This morning in the last message series here, I want to talk to us about the church as the body of Christ. The church as the body. And look at just four aspects of us being the body of Christ. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. He is the head of the body, the church. So the church is the body of Christ. We are his body. So here's another picture of the church, body. The body of Christ. So I want to talk a few things about being the body of Christ. What does it mean? How does it impact you and me as individuals and us collectively as believers, as a body? I want to just highlight four points and there will be sub points in that as usual. So number one. As his body, our life flows from him. He is the head, we are the body. Our life flows from Him. And so it's so important that us, we as individuals and us collectively as a body stay connected to the head. Personal intimacy with, with the head, with the Lord Jesus Christ is so important. You know, we've been emphasizing in this series two things. Number one. That church is primarily who we are in relation to him. Amen. 
if we are not connected to the head, the body is dead. There's no life in the body. So also for you and for me, if we're not connected to the head, there's no point here. No life in the church. So church is primarily who we are in relation to him. And second point is this, that out of that relationship, we minister to one another and to the world. Because if I just, if we minister to, if we just kind of relate to one another just, just like that, aside from him, then we're just a club. We're just a group that meets for some social purpose or whatever. But out of our relationship to him, we relate to one another. And the same thing as we relate to the world. We're not just out there in the world doing good things for the sake of doing them. Or for a noble cause. Many who do that. What makes us different? What we do out in the world, we do out of our relationship with Him. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us the church. So, as a body, our life flows from Him. And Acts 17.28 says, In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move and have our being. Now, I remember many years ago, we had a great man of God, an apostle, prophet, person come and minister to us here at, uh, in our church. It was some, some years ago. Some of you uh, were there. And he ministered to us. It was great. It was an honor to have him with us. And he was ministering in our city. He came and ministered in our church as well. And then um, on his way out, as we were talking and various things, he said, you know, I'd like you to be a part of my apostolic network. Now, he had an apostolic network. There were about 300 churches or so from 30 different countries, part of that network. And he was very, because a very well-known man of God and honored and all of that and written many books. And I, it was a privilege for us to have him here. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about it. So I said, you know, okay, please send me information. We'll see. We'll pray, whatever. So he went back to his country. He packed up. He sent a big package all information about his apostolic network. And so as I was reading through, the opening paragraphs began like this, that he would be the primary source of this apostolic network and we would only have to drink from his stream and must not drink from other streams lest we contaminate what God is releasing through him. And that was enough for me <laughs> to know that it was all nonsense. I read a little further on some more of the nonsense there in that net, the guidelines for that network. But, and I, you know, it wasn't too difficult to make a decision to write back to him and say we're not interested. The point I want to make is this. We are the body of Christ and we are to be connected to Jesus Christ, the head. Our life comes from him. Amen. We do believe in apostles and prophets and the fivefold ministry gives operating in the body of Christ. We believe that we recognize that we, we honor men and women whom God is using in that capacity. But our eyes are on Jesus. Our focus is on Jesus. Our life comes from Him. Both as individuals and collectively. We never deviate from that. Second important aspect of being His body is this, that as His body... We represent him. You are the body of Christ. You and I represent Jesus. 
we represent him to the world. The world can't see Jesus, but they see you and me. And they ought to, be, ought to see Jesus in you and me. Because we are his body. We represent him to the world. So in your school or college or place of work, in your community, in your home, in your neighborhood, you're re representing Jesus. You are the body of Christ right there. In Ephesians 1, and 23, the scripture says that he, the Father, put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church or for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Three important points I want to draw from this passage. The Father has made Christ as head over all things for the church or to the church. Meaning, he's been exalted and lifted out to the highest place and put in a place above everything else for the church. The body carries the same authority as the head. Is that right? Yes or no? The body carries the same authority as the head. He's made him above all things to the church or for the church. Uh, we as the church walking here on the earth, part of the church is here on the earth. As we walk on the earth, let us be conscious. We are his body, which means we are carrying his authority, his dominion wherever we go. Amen? We are his body. We are carrying his authority, his dominion, wherever we go. Secondly, the church is the fullness or the completeness of him. It means we are the complete representation of Christ. Christ is to be seen accurately and portrayed accurately through the church. We're not to point to ourselves. We're here to represent him, point to Jesus. We are the completeness of him. Seven times in the, in the epistle of John, the first epistle of John, John calls believers to be as him, as he is, as Christ is. I'll just run through that. In 1 John 7, he says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Chapter 2 verse 6, walk as he walked. Chapter 3 verse 1, see him as he is. Chapter 3, verse 3, purify ourselves as he is pure. Chapter 3, verse 7, practice righteousness as he is righteous. Chapter 3, verse 23, love as he loved. And chapter 4, verse 17, as he is, so are we in this world. Keeps repeating, as him, so are we. We have to love as he loved, walk as he walked, be righteous as he is righteous, be pure as he is pure. We represent him. And thirdly, Christ fills every member with himself. The last part of Ephesians uh, 1 and 23, it says, who fills all in all, who fills everything with himself. Every, every part of the body is filled with Christ himself. 
So you might say, you know, I'm just a small part of the body. I'm an insignificant part of the body. But the Bible says he fills all of us with himself. Amen? Our ability to represent Christ comes from that fact. That he fills all of us with himself. This is a positional truth. That means it's a spiritual fact. We need to live it out in daily life. So in everyday life, you pray and say, Christ, be formed in me. Be formed in every part of me. Come reign in me. Because that's your desire. Spiritually, you're filling every member with yourself. You're filling me with you. Now, I want in practical, everyday life for you to fill me in every area so that I can manifest, I can represent Christ accurately in every area of life. But that's where you derive your ability to represent Jesus. He fills every part of his body with himself. He fills you with himself. Amen? Let's say this together. Christ fills me with himself. I let him be manifested through every area of my life. Amen? Christ fills you with himself. You're a part of his body. There's no part of his body that's dead. You know, I don't want to be sounding gross here, but if there's any part of our body that loses its connection with the rest of the body, either the blood supply, the nerve connection, it's eventually going to die, especially the blood. It's just going to die because it's, it's disconnected from the life that's flowing the rest of the body. All of us are part of the body of Christ. As members of his body, the Bible says he fills every part with him. As you and I are connected to Jesus, his life fills you. Believe that. Christ fills me with himself. The Bible says we are complete in him. Colossians 2.10, we are complete in him. We are filled with all the fullness of God in him. The Amplified says of Colossians 2.10. We are filled with the fullness of God. So there is this reality that you are filled with himself. Now in everyday life, we draw out of that to walk in it. So that we may represent Jesus. The third point I want to emphasize this morning as part of his body is that we are his hands and feet. He is the head. He sends his commands to his body, but the body must execute that. The body is his voice, his hands, and his feet. We speak, we go, we do what he commands us to do. Amen? If you don't speak, people don't hear him. If you don't go, people aren't reached. If you don't touch, people aren't touched by him. And that's why we as a church, we're not just looking to, you know, sit together, have a nice time every Sunday morning. We're talking about let's reach our city. Let's impact our nation. Why? Because we are his body in our city and in our nation. We are his voice. We are his hands. We are his feet. We can't just cuddle ourselves up in church and say we are his body. Hey, if you and I are his body... We are his hands, we are his feet, we are his voice. We have to do something. Amen? You are his body. You are his voice. You are his hands. You are his feet. 
This is the way Jesus perceives you and me. In, in Matthew 10 and verse 40, he said, He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives the Father who sent me. Jesus sees himself going in you. And if they receive you, they receive Jesus. If they reject you, they reject Jesus. Where you go, he's there. You are his voice. You are his hands. You are his feet. So be confident of that. You are the body of Christ. He receives you, receives Jesus. And he's passed on his mission to us. In John 20 and verse 21, he said, As a father has sent me, I also send you. He's already sent us. He said, go. The same mission the Father has given me, I've given to you. Go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Go proclaim the good news. Go bring people out of darkness into marvelous light. Go. He's already given us the mission. Amen. So in whatever way he stirs you up, whatever place he puts you, you're his hands, you're his feet, you're his voice right there. Some of us may be in business. You're his hands, you're his feet, you're his voice right there. Some of us may be in education. You're his hands, you're his voice, you're his feet right there. Some of us may be in government. Some of us may be um, homemakers. Some of us may be doing other things in life. Whether you're in school, you're college. You are his hands, you're his feet, you're his voice there. You are the part of the body of Christ. Don't belittle yourself. See the significance of, of your place and your role in the body. That he said, if anybody receives you, they're receiving him. Even the littlest one amongst us, they're receiving Jesus. The last point I want us to, I want to make here is this, that as his body, we are in relationship to one another. We relate to one another because we are part of that one body and we belong to each other. Could we turn on our Bibles, 1 Corinthians 12. I want us to read verses 12 to 27 and then I want to bring out nine guiding principles that the Apostle Paul teaches us on how we are to relate to one another since we belong to the body. So we're going to read this passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they're all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And as those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, 
on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our present, pres presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. You know, Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's addressing problems in the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was kind of disjointed, divided over certain things. And that's why when he begins his epistle in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10, he, he beseeches the Corinthians. He says, I beseech you, brethren, that you all be like-minded, be of one voice, um, that there be no divisions among you. Because what had happened is, and uh, this wasn't intentional by Paul or Apollos, but what happened is some people said, you know, I'm of Paul. Some people said, I'm of Apollos. I belong to this preacher, I belong to that preacher. And they began to derive their affiliation and their identity, therefore, from one or more of those ministers serving them. And Paul said, that's wrong. You don't draw your affiliation, your identity from any one of us. We are all together in, in Christ. And so he addresses that problem. And then in chapter 12, he's giving them guidelines, principles, on how we ought to be one body as a church. So let's just examine this and derive these principles that Paul puts forth here in this chapter. And I've identified nine of them. I'm just going to run through it. So we understand how we ought to live together as a community, as a church, collectively as the body. First he says, the body has many members. Verse 12. As the, for as the body is one and has many members. Again in verse 14. In fact, the body is not one member but many. See, the body is, is, is composed of differing members. We must accept that. We must embrace that. We must celebrate that. That in the church, there will be people who've got different strengths, different gifts, Different inclinations, different uh, motivations. I'm saying meaning uh, things that really move them to do things. Things that they're passionate about. Different things. All of us are not alike. Amen? So we should not try to fit everybody into the same mold. All of you be exactly like this. We all imitate Jesus. And, and Jesus is uh, limitless in his expressions. Infinite. So... The local church must embrace this diversity of role and function that's there, uh, th that God has put together in, in us and amongst us. Amen? For example, you know, performing arts. Some people cannot accept the fact that you can actually dance in church. So the moment, you know, they see some people, young people up here dancing, they're ready to throw stones. That should not happen in the house of God. Hey, haven't you read your Bible? The Bible tells us to celebrate God in the dance in many places. Amen? And dance is an artistic expression. It's a celebration. See, that's where we fail to embrace scripture truth. 
the Bible says we are diverse. God has gifted people differently. Just because it doesn't fit into your mind doesn't mean it's wrong. Come on, expand the thinking. Embrace all the gifts that God has given us. As long as it's there to glorify God, embrace it. Amen? That's just one example. But there could be so many areas where we are just different from one another. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about righteous ways, godly ways, where we differ from one another. We need to embrace those things. Secondly, each one of us is a member of the body. Chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Each one of us as believers, we are members in that body. If you're born again, you're part of that church. You're part of the body of Christ. You may not have signed a membership here at APC, and that's okay. You know, when you get to heaven, they're not going to ask you, were you a member at APC? That doesn't even matter in heaven. We do it for, you know, practical reasons here on earth. But really, all of us as believers are members in the body of Christ. You are part of his body. None of us are not needed. Sometimes we think, you know, I don't think I have anything important to do. I'll just attend church on Sunday mornings and go home. Listen, get out of that mold. Get out of that thinking. You are part of the body of Christ and you're important. If you're part of the body, you've got a role and a function that Jesus has for you. Don't think you're not needed. Don't think you're not important. You are part of his body. Three. We are not independent. We need each other. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Verse 16. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Just because you feel like, I'm not this, therefore I'm not part of the body. It says, don't think like that. You are an integral part of the body and we are not independent. We need each other. We are diverse in our functions, but we can't say I don't need that and I don't need that. I don't need him or I don't need her. Listen, we need each other. We are part of one body. Next, there are diverse functions in the body as we emphasize. In verse 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were in hearing, where would be the smelling? In the body, we have diverse functions and we need all of those functions. We need those functions. Let's appreciate, let's celebrate one another's gifting and function. Five. God has placed each one where he saw it best for us and as he was pleased. This is verse 18. But God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. God has a set place for you in the body. All right, say this with me. God has a set place for me. Say it again. God has a set place for me in the body. Now that doesn't mean you sit in the same chair every Sunday. That's what we're talking about. What we're talking about is in the body, Jesus has a place for you. 
God has set each one of us in the body. You have a place, you have a role, you have a function in the body. He put you there. And it also says, just as he pleased. Meaning, he said, you know, I'm so happy, I'm so delighted to put you here. This means two things. One, you have a function in the body. And also means that if you jump out of that place, you'll be a misfit. Right? If you try to be in a place where Jesus didn't intend for you, you won't fit there. You won't be able to function there. If the heart tries to move down somewhere to the leg and try to pump blood from it, it just doesn't work, you know. It's got a place from which it has to perform its function. So he has a place for you. Stay in that place. Find out that place. Stay there. And also says, when he put you there, he was pleased to put you there. Which also implies that if I move out of that place and try to go to some other place, he would be a little displeased. So, I want to encourage all of us, as part of the body of Christ, find your place, fulfill that function. Because he has a place. And he's going to be pleased when you fulfill that function that he appointed for you in that place. Next, I'll finish with these few. It takes many of us, all of us, to make up the whole. Verses 19 and 20. If, the, if they were... And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. He's emphasizing the fact that we need all of us, and all of us collectively make the whole. So understand, if we are going to impact our city, if we are going to impact the nation, we must move together as a body. And I'm beginning to see more and more of that happen, but I'm sure it can increase. Now, when we call for prayer and say, come, let's pray. So, oh, I'm not the prayer kind of person, man. Let the others go pray, you know. Hey, come on. We are a body. Let's move together. Whatever little you can, do it. Let's worship God together. Let's pray together. Let's be there. Because we are one body. And it takes all of us to make up the whole. To make an impact on our city and on our nation. Next. We can never claim independence. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. We cannot claim independence. Don't say, I don't need the rest of the people. I'm fine. I'll sit at home. I'll read my Bible. I'll pray. I'll get to heaven. Sure, you'll get to heaven. But on the earth, we are a body. We need to be together, do things together. And the body is not complete with all of us together. Recognize that others are around you to give to you and you to them. You are needed because there are others who can give into your life and you can give into their lives. You're needed. Number eight, God gives greater honor to what seems to have less honor. This is in verses 22 to 24. Verse 22, what seems weaker, the things that seem weaker are necessary. What seems hidden actually receives greater honor. You see, when God views the body, this is the way he looks at it. What seems weaker is actually necessary. What seems hidden actually receives greater honor 
from the Lord. On the earth, we look at things differently. We see like, oh, that person may not be so important. That person is important. But God doesn't look at it that way. What may seem weaker, he says, is really necessary. And what may seem hidden, the people who are behind the scenes, who are not up in front, he gives greater honor. Amen? So visibility is not what we are all after. In fact, this implies that the more hidden you are, the more honor you receive. From the Lord. So, in the body, let's honor each other. Let's recognize that all of us are equally important in the eyes of God. What Those who may seem weaker, they're really necessary in the body. Those who may seem hidden, we ought to bestow greater honor to them, even as the Lord does to them. And lastly, God doesn't want any division or strife in the body. This is verse 25, 26. He says that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. Another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So he's saying, this is how we live out that life. You know, let there be no divisions. Don't fight. Don't quarrel. Don't uh, no, get rid of all those things. Let's be together. One mind flowing together in the unity of the spirit. And this is what he tells us to do. He says, we must care for one another. Meaning, they may not be family to you in the physical sense, but they are family to you. In the spiritual sense, they're part of the same body. So exercise care for them. When you see a brother or sister who's in need, reach out to them. Now somebody says, well, that's a pastor's job. You know, this is, there's only so much a pastor can do. There are so many people who have needs, legitimate needs. And the pastor can't be in every home and every place and everybody sitting with everybody. He can't do that. Practically not possible. But what is God designed? God's designed for the body, for members to take care of one another. So you reach out to one, you reach out to two. Care for one another. That's how we live out the body, being a body, being the body of Christ. Enter into people's experiences, enter into their joys, celebrate with them. Enter into their pain, their sorrows, stand with them. That's being the body of Christ. Amen? So four things we talked about, but being the body. Our life flows from him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay close to him. We represent him. Let Christ be accurately and fully portrayed, revealed through you, wherever you go. We are his hands and feet. We are his voice, hands and feet. We do his will. We are in relationship with one another. We must value each other. Celebrate one another. Care for one another. Rejoice with one another. Be a body. Amen? We're going to pray. Take a few moments, to, few moments to pray and ask the Lord, help us to be the kind of body you want us to be. Help us to be a kind of, the kind of church, the kind of people you want us to be. There are many ways you can judge a church. You can judge a church by its numbers. You can judge a church by... How many new people are being added to it? And you can look at so many different things, how good the worship is and all those factors. But there's one thing that I really 
want to encourage us, that is that we be like what Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 12. That we be this body. Let it not just be, you know, scripture in the Bible, but let it be something we live out as a church. That we connect with one another, care for one another, maintain the unity of the spirit, move together, because then we can have a great impact on our city and our nation. So would you just take a moment to pray and say, God, let's begin by praying for ourselves. And say, God, show me where you've set me in the body and what function you want me to fulfill in the body. Each one of us are part of that body. God has a place and a function for each one. Would you just pray? Father, we just pray right now. That for every person here, God, you'll put it on our hearts to understand that you set each one in the body just as you pleased. Open our understanding. Help us to discover the place and the function that you have in the body. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and work in each one here, God, in each of our lives. Teach us. Reveal to us. Lead us into the discovery of our place and function in the body. And Father, we also pray that as a church, as a congregation, You'll make us the kind of church we read about in 1 Corinthians 12. Where we celebrate each other's gifts and functions. Where we honor one another. Where we care for one another, Lord. We don't claim independence. But we accept our dependence on each other. Come work amongst us that we can embody what your word calls us to be. We invite your Holy Spirit to do this amongst us. Across all our locations, God, here, do this. Change what needs to be changed. Adjust what needs to be adjusted. Realign what needs to be realized. That we might embody this truth as a congregation. We thank you, O oh Father. We thank you, Lord. And Father, we just thank you that you are at work in us. That you bring us to that place where we'll truly live out the things we've read from your words. And each one of us will be celebrating our place in the body. We'll enjoy what you've designed for us in the body. Because we are the body of Christ. We thank you. Let's close.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up His countenance on you. Surround you with His favor and give you His peace. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.